1: Welcome back everyone to the Liberate Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Trista Deadman. I'm an astrologer, mystic, and creator coming at you from the nourishing land of the Pacific Northwest. My guests and I have conversations around cultivating personal sovereignty and self-mastery in these wildly transitional times in order to build a new paradigm. My guest today is the magical Tabitha Suzette. Tabitha is all about herbalism, plant intelligence, and the unity found when embodying the love vibration. We have a chat about these topics in the face of a mechanistic society and how we can get more in touch with our inner truth through nature. I sought out Tabitha because she is just a wealth of information and high vibes. I'm sure you'll enjoy our fascinating discussion and hopefully take away some pieces that resonate for your own path. Just a quick note, Tabitha and I ran into lots of technical snags when we recorded, but we persevered. Uh, She was not able to use a mic, just her laptop microphone, and I was holed up in my bedroom while leaf blowers were raging outside. I've done my best to edit out background noise and make our voices as clear as possible, but please excuse the sound quality and hopefully the wisdom comes through anyway. Please visit TristaDudman.com and click podcast to get all the show notes and links to connect with Tabitha after the show. This podcast is supported by a group of benevolent beings on Patreon. Patrons of the Liberate Yourself podcast receive exclusive content, including a monthly astrology forecast, as well as personalized tarot and astrology readings from me. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash liberateyourself after the show to join this growing community. And now, please welcome the lovely Tabitha. Oh my gosh, thanks for all your patience with everything. Thank you for your know, rescheduling with me, you know, for all this time and waiting for three months. I've been really, really excited to talk to you. Um, I mean, how are you doing? How are things going? I've been kind of asking people, like, you know, what's your... We had this, like, big eclipse kind of portal crazy ride happen over the summer. And I've been kind of asking everyone, like, what, is, what do you feel was your takeaway from that for yourself personally? Or what was... Your experience, like, like, where do you find yourself now, as far as energetically and on your on your path and everything? <laughs> sure, yeah, things are going well. Generally,
0: this summer was a very mm-hmm. challenging time. Um, a lot of darkness, a lot of um, challenging things coming up, and. I feel like in a way you can kind of think of it as like a slingshot happening. So like, I felt like it was definitely like catapulting me forward pretty rapidly after going through all that difficulty. I found myself in a much greater place of clarity in terms of what I wanna be doing professionally and kind of just letting myself settle in certain regards and trusting in certain processes that are unfolding for me and generally just finding a little bit more um, acceptance in what's going on in your life right now, and either the things that are moving forward, or having more patience and trust in the things that are taking mm. a little bit
1: longer. Yeah. So, what what are you working on right now? What does your life consist of as far as your your work and the things that you're into? The reason, is um, the reason that I wanted to have you on is you you have this way of um, sharing sharing this really deep wisdom that I feel is so connected to uh nature and our like kind of our symbiotic relationship with it um can you talk a little bit about where you are as far as that goes like how your your gifts are coming forward and how you're sharing that with people in your life
0: (laughs) yeah so essentially that kind of I can Speak about now and go back a little bit from there, but um, as of about a month ago, I started a mentorship program, so it's about a three-month program where I kind of get walked through um, a lot of the things that I've already learned because I did a noble program a couple of years ago, um, but I've been struggling with like do I want to start some kind of product line, do I want to do more consultation work, it's also not so cut and dry because there are a lot of other elements that I feel in the healing realm, like in terms of mental illness and like spiritual healing that I feel like are major components and that need to be integrated into this kind of healing modality that I'm not really sure how to define yet. So kind of what I realized is that as a basis for now, I needed to get a little bit more in understanding how individual consultations and working on a one-on-one basis would look and conducting that kind of work mm-hmm. that kind of space. So that was kind of like the realization that I got to where I decided, okay, I need to find a mentor who's experienced and who has spent their whole life doing this kind of work and that is spiritually attuned and integrates these other aspects into plant medicine that would be able to help kind of get me into that a lot more quickly because, as you can imagine, like there are herbal programs across all end of the spectrum in terms of what they encompass and the kind of lens that they're looking through and duration and cost mm-hmm. and all these things. So this is a three-month program, and this, this person, he's done all sorts of things. He is in BC. He, he um, I think he's in his early 70s. Wow. So he's been doing this as the life and super knowledgeable like shamanic practitioners and also um, has a lot of Ayurvedic principles
1: and to do the that are about, all studies are really important. Really yeah, important. and just to clarify, so, your background is in herbalism, correct? I don't think we... Okay. Um, right. Sure. Yeah, and working working mm-hmm. with plant medicine and, and he- that sort of healing modality. Um, that's really... Fascinating. That's a world that I, I know nothing about. Can you, um, it sounds like you're taking sort of a, almost a psycho-spiritual, uh, approach to it. Like how we are, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like how we are nature essentially. Right. And, and working with, with plants in the symbiotic relationship helps us to like, how do you see the healing process? How do you see plants um, aiding us in, in healing? Like what is, what is our relationship to it? If someone is totally new to this, you know?
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot <laughs> of layers to that. Um, for some yeah. familiar, As you can imagine, you know, uh, but for someone who isn't really familiar with it, um, kind of just, I think at the core of why I'm doing this work in the first place, to kind of um, set the tone for that, is because we're realizing that at this current time, and as we've been for quite some time now, very disconnected from our physical environment, in addition to our feelings and all of these other aspects of being human that are so fundamental to our well being. So um, by being able to engage with the plant world in that way and utilizing what they have to offer in terms of physical constituents, like these properties of plants that literally have actions on certain parts of the body, if not multiple parts of the body, that can facilitate and support our body's own natural healing mechanisms, in addition to these more esoteric kind of spiritual, emotional, supportive qualities that plants have, though they're incredibly multifaceted and you can go from... You know kind of flower essence therapy where it's that's like subtle energy like energy body work and then you can go up to like something like, uh, herbs that are helping to literally cure, uh, cure and help ha- mm-hmm. cancer in the body so it's kind of this wide range of different aspects that they can really help to support the body in addition to i think really facilitating this connection um, formulating this connection to the unnatural environment that I feel like humanity is so desperately needs
1: yeah. at this point in time. I'm so with yeah. you there. I was just thinking, so um, I was telling you before we started recording that I'm actually like sitting in my bedroom because there's machinery and leaf blowers like all outside my window and that just, it's this other reminder of me I live in Seattle and I swear like it's some days I feel like there's more construction than actual like people doing things if if that makes sense like actual civilization (laughs) and it's like you can't go anywhere without there being like just huge machines making the most ungodly sounds and it occurred to me the other day too that if if we were in our natural state in our natural habitat like you know in in our our primal nature primal environment if we heard any one of these sounds like we would be shocked and like traumatized and and go into like fight or flight like something is attacking us or there is a an issue but like we're expected to just deal with these um these these resonances of machinery and like me- these mechanistic sounds and stuff I went off on a tangent I apologize but this is kind of where I've been recently is I want to be where there is more trees there are more trees than people essentially or <laughs> like there's more trees than buildings you know what I mean yeah. so um, yeah I feel like the work that you're doing is, is going to be going a long way to helping us get back in touch with that Um, what are some, I mean, this is like just a personal question, but like, what are some really easy or simple ways to kind of start using, like, I love the idea of flower essences. I've come across this before in, um, actually like astrology healing books that sort of suggest it for certain, um, uh, certain aspects. And, uh, like if Pluto is really, um, really prominent in one's chart it it and and pluto is like the alchemy and the great healer and like transformation and everything so it was suggest this is in donna cunningham's book um uh healing pluto problems and she suggests flower essences a lot because with people like that and i'm one of them there there's tends to be a lot of resentment and bitterness and trauma that has happened in the life and possibly past lives um and I didn't quite like click as to why the flower essences would help with things like that can you can you kind of enlighten me and and other people like if we wanted to get started with working with flower essences what would um what would that look like or what are some resources for that
0: sure so i'm pretty new to relatively new to flower essence therapy that's a component of the program that i'm currently doing but It was pioneered by someone named Dr. Bach, and I think it was in the late 1800s, somewhere in there, I could be wrong, but I know that he has his own lines. The most popular is what Hmm. we call rescue remedy. And so basically what they do is kind of take this, um, when I learned to make a flower essence in my original herb school, like we would take uh, maybe just like a leaf off one of the plants, like say a willow tree. And we would put it into a glass of water maybe put it out under the moonlight and kind of just let the energetic imprint of a plant
1: be mm. held in this
0: like water in the of it, and then you could add some brandy to that and you would create like what they call a mother essence and then you could kind of take a little dropper full, put that into a small vial add some brandy to it to preserve it and then as you feel like you need it it's emotional support you can take it and Kind of just in drop dosage because it is i think it's very much like mm-hmm. intention medicine so not so much that the plant is actually having a physical effect on the body even though i think, it's, I oh, think absolutely. it's a little bit there with that but you know i think bolstered more by like placebo effect kind of things which is just as valid and yep. an extremely important element i think
1: it's, it's magic true. essentially um, <laughs> that's but, what we do with magic yeah
0: yeah very cool so, um, so yeah, that's kind of. If people want to know more about flower essence therapy, they can look into Dr. Bach and the Bach Remedies. There are a few books um, I think that he has written, and then I'm sure are countless others that people have kind of extrapolated and adapted to their own therapies and philosophies. But his work is kind of the the fundamental work that others have built of. So, there's a lot there. you can even find them at Whole Foods, like in their section. They have a whole little like rainbow display of like the different plants and it lists what they're used for and things. So it's really easy to get started and super effective to help with like, all kinds Yeah, of I bet that, um
1: especially now that we're going into winter time, I bet that is a great a great way to sort of alleviate the the psychological, you know, issues that go along with it being darker, longer and colder and everything. There's there's probably um some great methods of keeping the the fire inside i would imagine (laughs) i guess i think that way because i live in the pacific northwest so it's that's definitely something we have to remedy (laughs) during the winter um
0: i wanted to say too like when you brought up the whole like construction and kind of mechanistic environment that so many of us find ourselves in now, because it's you know State. the the most common State. way of living yeah. in the United States and so many cities in the world. Um, I've lived in a few different cities around the world and experienced different degrees of that. I'm currently in Cleveland, Ohio, where we too have to deal with
1: seasonal yeah. affective
0: disorder. Um, but there's so much to that in terms of the way that our environment, um, even just from like a sensory perception kind of way, is affecting the way that our nervous system behaves and the way that our bodies function. And, I mean, there's we're being constantly hit with a barrage of different things that cause our nervous system to go into overdrive and be in this fight or flight mode, which in a way to rescue remedy, a flower essence is an amazing okay. um, thing to help with that. but um in work i really focus a lot upon the um nervous system and like working on the vagus nerve in the body and the way that we can kind of shift our body from this fight or flight mode, of the to fight mode and try to rest in that state a little bit more frequently because especially for people who are a little bit more energetically sensitive it doesn't take very much for us to be like hit over the edge you know, I don't think there's ever been a time that someone's been. Yeah, think, you can yeah, get it. It <laughs> just... oh, sounds kind
1: of like colonarther. <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, uh, the vagus nerve. Yeah, that sound. What you're talking about sounds like. Um, are you a, a follower? Do you study Dr. Joe Dispenza?
0: A little bit, not too much. His name's been coming up a lot for me, and I've been wanting to go. Yeah, a bit it sounds a lot like for... what
1: you're um, describing. He's done some really good interviews with Regina Meredith on on Gaia TV on Open Minds. Um, that would probably be a good place to start. Um, but yeah, he talks about the different um, uh, what are the the theta, beta, the brainwave states. Um, I forget what they're called. Mm-hmm but yeah, like, um, basically how we're all, we're operating like by default in that fight or flight fear state all the time. And that's what, I mean, not us, but like, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, not paying attention or asleep or what have you, like, that's how we're sort of taught to operate. And, and and it's how detrimental it is. And, um, how, yeah, getting out <clears throat> outside of that state and shifting into you know our true state, which is love and openness and oneness and um, how we can, you know, literally change our lives and, and shift shift our awareness into um, one that's more receptive and more loving and able to um, mm-hmm. you know, it's the microcosm macrocosm, it's another way of kind of looking looking at that it sounds like that's where you were you were going with that
0: yeah absolutely i mean I, it's funny because i've been on this path in different capacities for the better part of like six to eight years and it's funny to see now like the continued emergence of spirituality and mm-hmm. the mainstream and to see the like, things and they, they like make fun of the whole idea and I get it to a certain degree because there is like spiritual bypass at play when people are like, Oh, right. it's all positivity and love and light but at the same time we do have to take into consideration the fact that our like egos are like manipulated and like constructed for our whole entire lives, pruned to be this like thing on overdrive and constantly consuming and be like so hyper focused on the material world and not in a way that's like where we're being stewards of like our physical environment, it's completely mm-hmm. the opposite. And so like when we are able to shift our mindset into like trying to get our body into this calmer state where we can be more receptive, be more perceptive to what's going on around us in a way that we can then like facilitate connection to it and then have the wherewithal in our own like bodies, physically and otherwise. Connect to other people and to see them as extensions of ourselves, and see the Earth as an extension of ourselves, and, and like away from that place because like we do need so much love on this planet right now. We need so much like help, and it's really only going to be able to come forth through each individual being able to and being willing to work on mm-hmm. themselves, and that's a whole complex thing, you know, like. For any of us who have been doing this work for however long, like we know that it's not all love and light. We know that it's the very opposite of that. We have to spend extensive amounts of time in this very really deep, dark place and digging and like engaging with different aspects and healing therapies and different things to try to go into that darkness and mm-hmm. so we can shed light on it and like up so it can be healed. So then we can have the capacity to be like, oh, I've been through this and. I've healed it to a certain degree where I feel like I can then be a voice for someone else who might Mm -hmm. be dealing with the same issue. Because you think about right now, like we're dealing with the Me movement and all these things coming up around sexual trauma and like almost every single woman, if not every woman in the world, not to discredit like male sexual trauma as well, but just to make for an example, like if you think about every single woman in the world being affected by this and like holding that kind of trauma not only in their individual Mm -hmm. life but ancestrally because it's going on for all of like human existence you know it's like we need to reach some kind of a crucial point where we don't accept this anymore and that can't happen i was talking with my friend last night about this actually like because she's saying you know do you think it's really gonna like do you think it'll be in history books? Do you think that this is gonna be a very significant thing for us culturally and you know? everything? Like, absolutely, but not in, in the way that we think. And I don't believe that passing more laws necessarily is the way that that change is gonna come about. Like because it's a fundamental thing where a man literally has to feel that by affecting another person in this way, they're affecting themselves. Like at the core of All of this is like a consciousness issue and being able to take the perspective and feel that another is an extrapolation of the self And that's kind of what we need to take on in all realms of existence right now for each other and for all of the beings Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. earth
1: itself Yeah, it, it really is like we have to I love that you bring up just the fact that it's all oneness It's all consciousness. It's the fact that um And that is what's happening. This is part of the healing of the divine feminine, essentially. Um, And that doesn't mean that the the feminine... I think I just talked about this on other transmission, but the divine feminine rising up doesn't mean that it's overpowering the masculine. It's rising up to be healed and then integrate with the masculine so that there can be more of a balance. And that is dark. I mean even but we've been talking my boyfriend and i've been talking about bob ross because he has the same birthday which was like two days ago and like even bob ross taught us like you got to have the dark with the light you know you can't appreciate the light without the dark and the shadows and turns turns out he was a scorpio that makes a lot of sense that he always talked about those things but um yeah yeah that's what we're in the thick of right now um especially like with the me too movement and all of these things coming forward. Um, the trauma, the sexual trauma of women, especially because Jupiter has been in Scorpio for the past year. Um, so the shadows have Mm -hmm. been expanded and, and, um, uncovered so that they can be healed. That's really the beauty of, um, the, and I believe you're, when were you born? Are you Pluto? Oh, I'm sorry. What year though? Yeah, oh, so like the Pluto and Scorpio generation, that's what, um, you, like the millennials essentially you guys are like bringing in all of this, it, it's like exposing, you're exposing all of these dark crevices and these shadows so that they can be healed, and I feel like that's what this mm-hmm. year has been about, and we're kind of in the thick of it right now. It really is about mapping out the shadows as well as mapping out the light, um, I'm really happy that we, yeah, those of us that are doing the deep spiritual work, and and that's why I'm doing this whole podcast. It really is about liberating yourself. Like it starts with yourself, and it starts with going into those deep patterns that are that keep playing out over and over. Especially, you know, the things that that keep coming up, and you're like, "This again," and that means, okay, well, look at that. It needs to be healed. It, it you know. That's why if thing if it's seemingly bad things keep happening, it's really important to like go within and realize, I love that you brought that up, realize that we are not just a material body. We're not just a physical body. We are energetic beings and thankfully we're at that point where we're starting, I think we're at the very apex, like we're just starting to understand our, you know, multidimensional selves or the fact that we are energetic and mm-hmm. empathic and connected you know with everything and i think finding a center a symbiosis with with our with each other with nature is going to that's what's going to begin to transform when we kind of can evolve past this idea of separateness um Absolutely. I know you wanted a, a big way to do that and to shift perspective and realize that we are one with everything um, is with psychedelics. I know that that's something you wanted to speak about um, that I would I would love to hear your take on. Um, we can share, but um, that's some uh, plant medicine essentially. I feel like um, it was. I really feel like it was seated and put here for us to be able to shift into and feel those, those re- the resonance with with everything with the earth and so that we could heal ourselves easier and get past these barriers these you know blocks that have been instilled in us as we've gotten as we've grown up and formed do you agree? Definitely. Yeah. You know it's um
0: one of the things that was really a catalyst for my intentional use of psychedelics, because I did have a couple of experiences in my earlier years, like, I took acid when I was 18, and I, I just remember, the only thing I took away from that at the time was that my- <laughs> was rainbow, which, like, didn't mean very much to me, like, later, until, like, I worked with psychedelics in a more intentional way, and, like, it kind of, I don't know, I feel like it definitely, like, planted a seed or the later realization because then I started to like just love like rainbow things and very vibrant colors, and it made me feel like I was like closer to myself in a certain way. Um, but, but then like later in the context of like different psychedelics, it just made me realize that it was just love, you know, like it was bringing up a lot of and like allowing me to realize that what I was interacting with and what I was was essentially love. Mm-hmm. But I'll come back around to that. Um, but so. Yeah, so really, like, my intentional use and started, like, um, my, the beginning of my studies into like psychedelic therapy began when I was 25. So, after about, mm-hmm. well, I'll take you back a little bit more because I kind of to, like, set the foundation for why I began Please. doing healing work in the first place. So, my friend Clementine, who you yeah. had on your other podcast, um, she and I shared a boyfriend. Um, years ago I moved to Austin Texas when I was 18 and then I ended up meeting this guy Bob who Clementine had dated Mm. for five years before me so we were together for about two and a half years and then um, at the beginning of 2013 he was in a fatal car accident while we were still together still living together all these things crazy enough we were actually just in Mexico um, on vacation 36 hours before it happened so it was like this crazy whirlwind of, like, life change really, really rapidly. And um, when it happened, Clementine reached out to me and, you know, she was very, very sweet and loving to me. And then over the next few months, we became very close friends. And she's been one of, she's been basically my best friend over the last five years now. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Wow. And, and, but, You know for both of us it really was the greatest catalyst at the time for our spiritual awakening because i felt like it had been happening a little bit in a steady stream like my desire to interact more with yoga and to um start getting into herbalism and things like that eating more healthy adopting just a little bit more of a mindful way of living at that time was coming in but then that trauma that had occurred even though i felt like relatively handled it pretty well to a very resilient person, and I was able to kind of see very rapidly like, you know, I could lose my life tomorrow, so what is it that I have not been doing that I feel like I need to do, because if I die tomorrow and I get the chance to look back at my life and see all the things that, like, I did or didn't do, I would want to make sure that, like, I had everything done that I had all these dreams of doing, one of those things was to go and travel in Europe, and I kind of wanted at the time to become a travel blogger, and I had this job where I was working online remotely for a software company, and it wasn't work that I was passionate about doing necessarily, but it afforded me the freedom and the financial mm-hmm. ability to go and travel. And I, I think in a lot of ways I was kind of like searching for something mm-hmm. while I was doing it, something that the external world could give to me, but really what it afforded me was this chance to really go deep within. in, and I spent all this time being alone because i thought i was going to be in hostels and meeting people all the time and really i just wanted to like sit in my apartment and do yoga and like learn about yeah. things i would listen to lectures and uh, you know different things about consciousness and awakening and all these mm-hmm. things on youtube so i came kind of across something that pointed me to i think i was listening to maybe terrence to kind mccann's of lectures and so i started listening to his um audiobooks through the gods And in that book, he talks a little bit about, well, it's mostly about psychedelic mushrooms, but, which I had no experience with at the time, but he also Mm -hmm. brings up ayahuasca. And a friend of mine had done ayahuasca in Hawaii when he was working on this farm that was kind of like a secret ayahuasca farm, kind of fronted with another farm. So he, he didn't really have like nearly any kind of similar experience in terms of the context, like being in a ritual setting with an actual shaman facilitating the ceremony, but anyway, so I became very highly interested in that, and simultaneously, I think within the same week, I had this um, hit pop up on my Facebook by this girl named Amber Sears, and or she was Amber Zuckswert, and now she's married to JP Sears, and both very prominent like spiritual teachers and healers. Um, but so she launched this program that was a yoga teacher training program with ayahuasca ceremonies so at the end of the program. And I was like, wow. I can't believe this exists. Like, this is amazing. Because I had been thinking about getting into um, teaching yoga and trying to go mm-hmm. a little bit deeper in my healing work, um, making that more of my life's work. Because over time, I just I didn't know what necessarily I was going to do with my life professionally because my job at the software company was mm-hmm. coming to an end. So. At that exact same time I decided that I was going to do my herbalism program so I went to Austin I did that for six months which was amazing and I got to go a little bit deeper into um, a little bit more of the like non-psychedelic yeah. aspects of plant medicine which I is so informative and it, it wasn't I didn't do it in terms of like I'm gonna get out of this situation and I'm gonna go into clinical work so I was still a little bit lost but then I went into my yoga teacher training about six months later, which was now mm-hmm. January of 2017. So I go through my yoga teacher training and I'm in, I, we go to this retreat center called Posada Natura in Costa Rica. And essentially what this place is, it's a magical healing space on this river side in the middle of kind of the country of Manuel Antonio. Um, and we got to work with it, like, we had multiple shamans and sound healers facilitating this space, and um, I did extensive research on ayahuasca as well, leading up to the ceremony. Because ultimately, what I wanted to know was, who am I as a person? Why has my consciousness been like structured to be such the way that it is in time right now? What are the habits and the experiences and the like, you know, contributors to my mm-hmm. formulation as a human being? that have led to a specific point in time and like why is it that yep, I yep. operate the way that I do, you know? I want to like delve deep into like the software of my own mind and really understand it in a particular way in addition to being able to utilize this plant medicine as a tool to go into areas of my mind that I wasn't going to yep. be able to mm-hmm. access Absolutely. otherwise, you know? Because as you can find with like Jungian therapy and things like that, so much of like Subconscious mind and like shadow work and things like that um, are things that maybe we're not, we can't mm-hmm. even possibly be aware of, or we don't have the tools necessary to access. You have those to bypass muscles. your consciousness yeah.
1: essentially, your your conscious mind, yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: totally. The default yeah. mode network, so basically,
0: um, but so. To say that it was the most beautiful experience of my life would be an understatement. Like, I, I, I could talk for a really long time about just mm-hmm. my ayahuasca experience, but um, ultimately, so we had two ceremonies, and they were both very different, but essentially what came up during them was addressing a lot of the collective issues. I had a lot that came up around water. And how horrible our relationship is to water is, but how fundamental yeah. it is to our existence. Um, so I spent some time mourning that. Like I felt pain of the earth, and I felt like I was working through that. I processed like the um, the systems of like kind of the death machine that is a yes. lot of like our industry. You know, like I like looked at this the embers of a burning low burning fire, and I saw them as skeletons of like humans and of animals that continuously just incarnate and then they get killed for their energy and for their bodies and mm-hmm. then they come back in and it's just like this never ending cycle. And when you study um, kind of the way that industrial agriculture works and things like that, you can kind of see how there's, there's this never ending, like almost yep. like a, just a power source of life. Yeah, that,
1: mechanistic.
0: That so. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, right, you know, how many, like facets of our lives as humans that mm-hmm. pervades but but yeah so the the greatest takeaway that i got from working with ayahuasca was really just understanding the deeper levels of interconnectivity yeah. that there are like understanding that when we breathe, there's a symbiotic relationship like that actually looks like our lungs yes. for a reason you know like that at external manifestation it is one thing like our out feeds the tree and the in-breath feed goes back and there's a symbiotic relationship that can't be yeah. described in any other way like the, the water that's flowing in the rivers is our blood in our body like we need it to survive in addition to how many other things that
1: right. are present in
0: our physical. yeah I've been self, looking at but,
1: rose petals lately you know, and, and seeing like it has veins just like we do like it looks like You know, it looks like our skin, it looks like our system. And that is, yeah, definitely no accident. Yeah, so you would say there was like a before ayahuasca and an after ayahuasca, Tabitha? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Not in the way that I thought, because, you know, you read people's accounts of working with ayahuasca and they're like, you know, my life totally changed and they come home and they, like, literally are a different person. I mean, I definitely feel like I was a different person after it. And I think that in certain ways, working with psychedelics can be a little bit of a challenging experience in the sense of coming back to the environment that you're living in because it's one thing to go to the middle of the jungle where it's super high vibration and super pure, like you're immersed in nature and there's like like chirping all around you and you just feel like you're immersed in this like beauty. And then you come back to... Cleveland, Ohio, where like, I mean, how the, especially here, cause like living in Austin, it was a little bit easier because the like consciousness and mindfulness and, um, you know, like access to better food sources and things like that yeah. are a lot more prominent down there. But coming back to Cleveland, it was just like, I felt like nobody understood me. I kind of had to let go of all of my friends that I was around mm-hmm. because I didn't want to drink anymore. I didn't want to smoke weed anymore, you know, like I just found myself having this deep reverence and appreciation for my sober mind and for my point of view, because I could witness myself in a sober state of mind, like being able to be present in my reality and being able to be the observer of my thoughts and be the observer of the feelings that are arising and and be more intentional about the way that I work through them and and try to learn as much as I can about the person who I am and works through whatever it is that I need to do to like break certain habits that are like self detrimental or whatever could be here mm-hmm. in my relationship with other people or being able to be more of yeah. service to the world. But that kind of just it too, is that I was like, okay, like we are all connected and we are desperately suffering. We've mm-hmm. been suffering forever. Like I there was so much like ancestral energy that was a part of it, like you see that like, all of the DNA that we hold in our physical body is all the DNA yep. that has and ever was, has been, and that we're connected to all of the ancestors that ever came us in our lineage. And those of us who are present right now as the newest version of that ancestral line have the responsibility to heal whatever is present in the physical self and in the emotional body, spiritual body, in order to be able to lift the collective consciousness yeah. to this next level because otherwise we're just continuing yes. like on the same treadmill. And obviously so many of our cards are stacked against us in the way that like our societies function and the things that we're most mm-hmm. influenced by. But if those of us who can be a little bit more aware of this and be more intentional in a non-conspiratorial yeah. way, sometimes you have to go down rabbit holes to understand really what's going on yep. in the greater scheme of it. You can't get trapped but there. <laughs> at the end of the day, like, Right. Because so many yeah. people like want to focus on the negative because it's like ego mind again, being like, oh, I know something that other people don't. Or like, I just want to keep like being addicted yeah. to
1: this, like fear based thing. Like Exactly. Like it's it. the same thing. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I've been feeling that lately, too, that that we're all. Yeah, we've come to this time where the conscious it is kind of up to us to help raise the consciousness because the consciousness is is lifting anyway like it's going to happen regardless but it also you know everything is one so it is our responsibility to heal all this trauma so that the cycle doesn't continue so that that specific karma doesn't continue whatever we're whatever we're holding and I feel like globally like we are doing that I just I keep finding so many people that are doing this beautiful work and that are Not even tapped in. I mean, like you said, I think what seems to be happening is since 2012, people are waking up like independently of, you know, having access to spiritual information or, you know, being immersed in that world. They just are waking up in, in different ways and realizing these things and realizing that things need to be healed. And we're kind of doing that just naturally. Which is which is nice. I definitely mm-hmm. definitely feel that I've been doing my own as well and um, yeah, I, I I agree coming back to I I know I keep going back and forth and of, of course it's like I'm trying to be be present with where we are. Um, I have such a future vision though some days I'm like so frustrated that it's not just like done already but um, <laughs> I know. but. Having having the vision, I think, is what helps me be here in this place right now. Because I know that we're here in order to do our own work, to heal our past traumas, both collectively and you know from our our family, from our lineage, in order to usher in that new age. And that's a really cool place to be. It's a really cool bridge place to be in. Like we're kind of building the bridge to You know the new uh new way of being new i mean you know we've been calling it ascension and um moving into you know a higher fifth dimensional awareness and um it's yeah it's really interesting and really fascinating times and it sounds like i'm what what keeps me going and what just sort of warms my heart, like keeps me not being negative and not looking at the just the negative things that are going on and and remaining neutral is the fact that so many people, so many of us are doing this really good work and It's not the kind of work when I say I want to like redefine the word work because that has been co-opted of course by the society we live in but work is such a beautiful thing It's not that you're doing it for someone else, you're actually like doing the personal inner work for yourself and transforming yourself and it feels so gratifying and so fulfilling to do that. And just by just by healing ourselves and doing that work, you are um, vibrating at a at a higher resonance and that does help everyone. Like, and that's, that's, we're starting to understand how that happens. Like it, it, you know, in, in linear thought, that doesn't make any sense, but going past that, yeah, the, just being in, in higher resonance, that puts you in this like co-resonance with, um, with others that are doing this good work and helping out to, to raise the consciousness of the planet to hold that. Um, yeah, I really...
0: Yeah, the mm-hmm. law of resonance, right? Like I started learning about tuning forks, and they're like, you hold a tuning fork up that's resonating at a particular frequency, and you hold another one up, it's going to totally. pick that frequency up, and like, I resonate automatically. And obviously, we have a lot of things contributing to the, the way that we're operating in the world, and what and like vibration we're holding, and that varies day to day. But you're absolutely right. that I think that that is very underestimated the effect that we're having on the people around us, both in a Mm -hmm. good way and in Mm -hmm. a bad way.
1: And yeah, I just want everyone to know that like, if you're, you know, one of the, one of the, I haven't been like totally open with what the podcast is about, but one of the reasons I wanted to start doing it is so that anyone out there who feels alone or who feels like they're the only one doing this or that they don't have a support system, it still makes A huge difference to be doing that work on yourself to be doing that work alone and that is actually going to help magnetize the people to you I mean that is just that's a law of attraction actually (laughs) like and and law of resonance yeah it will magnetize and bring those things to you so I just want people to know that if you're doing this alone like it's going to be okay and just keep doing your work and you're doing, you're making a difference regardless. It doesn't mean that you have to like, what happens in, in spiritual circles or new age circles too, like when you have healers, um, they, a lot of times want to heal or they want to do the good work, but they want to help everyone else before they help themselves, you know, and, and not do that. But it's actually, it's not selfish and it's not like, um, too self-involved or whatever, to to do the work yourself. And um, I love the track that you're on. I think that plant medicine, both you know, psychedelic and and non psychedelic, is such a beautiful way of remembering how we actually operate. I think that's what I get from nature, because uh, I love. I mean, that's one of the reasons I again that I live in the Pacific Northwest is. Going on hikes and getting out in nature and it's it's like its own technology. Do you? Uh, like I'm using technology in a different In a different way when I say that but like not necessarily how we have embodied techno I think technology is a reflection of consciousness. And this is a whole other conversation I want to have sometime, but like because yeah. I still am trying to put it together, but um, when you go out in nature it, it it is communicate, like you said, it is communicating with us and it teaches us about this very organic way of being and this organic way of us resonating with it inst- instead of, yeah, the, the linear, mm-hmm. like, way that we've been taught, which is separation. I mean, you see it in everything. You see it in, it's, the Fibonacci spiral is everywhere, you know, the Golden Ratio is everywhere, and that's us. Um, yeah, so it's really beautiful work that you're doing. I'm so excited for you and going through. I'm glad you found a mentor. That's something that ah, it's so difficult to find nowadays. I I think, I mean, maybe it just is for me, but
0: well, I think that it has a lot to do with as we've talked about like being in a in a space where you're you're essentially crafting work in a linear like um, a position that doesn't necessarily yeah. exist like it does like the kind of work that we're doing or the slant that we have or like the motivation behind what we're doing is unprecedented yeah. in a relative way like people have been doing this work for a long time you know like you can find books written in the sixties and seventies that are about the evolution of consciousness and things like that but mm-hmm. it's a lot more prevalent now and the like commerce and like the market that is existing in the way that we do this work is a lot more different so like we can put ourselves into like whatever box like oh i'm an herbalist but it's like okay but like look how many different kinds of herbalists there are and in addition that's not i'm not pigeonholed into that because i'm doing i'm trying to incorporate all of these other elements because i feel like I'm very good at like observing people that are around me in my like physical direct space. And, and additionally, like kind of collectively like regular themes of beings in the way that things operate. But like how, what are the, I kind of have this vision of creating a system like a healing system for people that kind of navigates them through being able to incorporate even just a relatively more plant-based diet because I believe that like bringing plants yes. into the body is bringing light into the body and bringing, he you said, in whatever capacity-specific technology that is interacting and communicating with the cells of our body and helping our bodies to heal themselves because such a fundamental part of being a human at this time is that we're cut off from the understanding that our bodies are perfect the They're way that they are, generally speaking, mm-hmm. unless we have some you know, thing but like even that can be worked around and you could work with plants and work with different things to try to get your body back Mm -hmm. into this place of resonance but you're absolutely right like we are machines in a certain way but like it's so much bigger than that and when our body is given the proper environment and conditions in which Mm -hmm. to heal itself it will and unfortunately as we've stated numerous times and as people are well aware almost every single facet of our lives is a stream of toxicity now, like the radiation from our technology, our water supplies, our food sources, the things that we're subjected to in our environment through different kinds of media, even if it's not Mm -hmm. what we choose to listen to, like even if you go to a grocery store, like you're gonna have to listen to mainstream music even if you were to avoid, like. Because at the end of the day mm-hmm. we are consumers in every sense of the word and we have to consume so if we can be mindful about what it is that we're putting into our body and the things that we're listening to the things that we're watching the things that interact with in the world because we have control for the most part over what that is so we think okay what is the life mm-hmm. that i want to create like i can find them, even if it's a process especially because it will be over time something that you work to create yep. and it'll teach you more about yourself and then you find mm-hmm. term, and that's what life is like, not being intentional about it then we're just being dragged yeah along a, you know wheelbarrow <laughs> and part like just you know, through the mud, and then we're wondering why we're sick, and we're unhappy, and all It's like the
1: default. The mainstream is only one sliver of reality, and it's the default. It's the one that you, we do opt into, like, unconsciously all the time, and all you have to do is just make little tweaks. And it's incremental, like you were saying, just over time, like, make one decision that is, you know, better for you know a better choice for yourself or, or a higher consciousness choice like don't watch cable tv for god's sake don't watch cable tv <laughs> i don't know that's where i am I'm, I'm not like pushing it on anyone but that yeah. has made the hugest the biggest difference in my life like just to not and i'm kind of extreme i honestly at this point i don't know a lot of what is going on in mainstream news I, I I know that Trump is the president, but I'm not quite sure who the vice, I couldn't tell you who the vice president is, right? At this point, like, I'm that far removed. I'm, and I'm not saying that's everybody. Like, um, I think that dipping in, of course, is, is necessary to, like, keep up information wise, just, and to stay connected with, with the collective narrative. But there's a difference yeah. in that, and observing it, and and being um, entrenched in, in, you know, the entrainment of it, where it, it literally is take
0: yeah,
1: like exactly, emotions, exactly, right. So I'm not saying like you have to go as extreme as all no, that, yeah. but it is just like making little tweaks, at, you know, and, and like you said, yeah, like your diet. That's such a big one too. Um, like I still eat I still eat meat, but I try to be like as conscious as possible because we have to re- recognize that we're taking in consciousness of of the animal or of the so, thing and the plants. like it's you know, um, it's a symbiotic relationship for sure, but yeah, it's it's just taking making those little switches to get out of the main stream of consciousness. And yeah, creating your own stream of, comp- of your own life, your, your own awareness, that's, it, it really, it sounds so cliche, and it sounds so simple, but in practice, I think that it resonates so, um, just to be so true, that you really can make your own decisions. There's no one that's going to tell you you're doing the wrong thing and if they do then guess what you don't have to listen I don't care who it is like you really can just do What feels right to you what your heart is expressing and wanting to express and You know it's really all about finding joy like that's one thing that's been occurring to me lately is there There's nothing that we're not trying to prove anything to anyone we're not trying to impress anyone we're not like following anyone's rules necessarily like we're literally here to enjoy our life and to find joy and to find you know what brings us fulfillment and if as long as we follow that it's not going to be detrimental it's not going to fail us and it's not going to be detrimental for other people you know it, it really is all love <laughs> i don't know right
0: and by following that, I mean, that's another element too, is like cultivating that intuition. Oh, I wanted to bring this up too. Like um, the work that the HeartMath Institute is doing, I continuously come back to this over and over again. And so many teachers that I follow um, are bringing this up too, because-
1: The HeartMath? So, i heard familiar? of it, can you explain it?
0: So essentially what they're doing is they are utilizing science to kind of bridge the gap between like, I guess you could say spirituality in a certain sense, but essentially what they're doing is measuring like what they call coherence and it's the channel of energy that's occurring between like the communication that's occurring between the brain and the heart. And when so many of us are not operating in this place of like rest and digest, parasympathetic mode in the body or like fight or flight and like just in survival mode all the time, that coherence strain Um, gets very off-kilter and out of whack. And so our capacity to be more receptive to what's going on in our environment, in addition to tapping into our intuition, is completely obstructed. So being able to utilize, one of the most simple things, tools that they use is Mm -hmm. breath work. Very simple breath. where your out-breath is longer than the in-breath. You retain at the top. And you can bring yourself very rapidly into a state of coherence where you're able to more readily receive the wisdom from your intuition and from your heart, because so many spiritual teachings too talk about how like our heart is where essentially, I mean, in my opinion, is like a portal to mm-hmm. our, the higher self or a portal, to God yeah. or whatever you want to call it, and that's where we are able to better make decisions and better to operate in the world, our body is able to heal itself. Like
1: this is a very deep
0: subject. And actually um, has a whole, um, what is it called? One of the Greg Braden programs on Gaia talks a lot about this and the way that this also correlates to the way that our genetic expressions happen in the body, like what genes are turned on and off. And so it's this whole, obviously, again, this is another aspect of how everything Mm -hmm. is super interconnected. But at the end of the day, too, like I really had this after I got done working with ayahuasca. Like, I immediately began taking like rose tincture every day, and I would have rose around me as much as possible because I wanted to keep myself in that place where I'm like, okay, do your best to stay rooted in a place of love. Like, try to approach everyone that you meet in every situation from a place of love. Try to stay in that mindset. Try to keep remembering to think thoughts that are keeping you in that space. But like if you notice like negative self-talk coming up immediately shifting it to something that's loving like because this is a huge process of integration to be like oh i am love and everything is love like yeah. it's so easy to say that but when it comes to actually applying it to your life and like witnessing it when that comes up in difficult situations how it can be very challenging to stay in that space and understanding what it means or what that looks like in more difficult situations or when yeah. people are being rude to you or whatever but like, you know that you, everything is either an expression of love or a yeah. cry for it you know like people are just deflecting their pain all the time because they can't hold it and like we're all suffering and the more that we can't like do the work individually to process whatever it is that we're going through or that we have been through the more we're just going to be like lashing out at everyone in our mm-hmm. environment and or numbing out with what we choose to use or addicted
1: Yeah, don't t- t- you find it interesting no? that, because I don't drink that much anymore, don't you find it interesting that like one of the only things that adults have to do, like the default method for getting together and socializing is going to a bar? <laughs> it's looking so weird to me now <laughs> as I drive around and especially when you don't partake anymore, it's like, well, what do you do? Yes. <laughs> That's a whole thing to figure out. It's like how to yeah. interact with other adults and not like take your consciousness down and, and numb yourself. Yeah. I love everything you said. And that goes back to like the whole, like the in a, in a, integ- incremental steps. It's not, yeah, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. going from like the realization that. I need to resonate and love more and then like to see it it seems so easy to say yeah like everything is love and everything but don't expect that it's going to shift like that overnight it's it, it's I love that you say that like have a, that's so funny you say that too like having flowers and roses around is a big thing that I do too like it keeps me in that resonance and I like remember and it, I can feel it in my heart. Like my heart feels like a rose and I'm, you know, have that relationship with it. And it's mm-hmm. a, a constant reminder um, to stay, it, to operate from that place. It's not an escape. Um, yeah. I think that that may be something that the, one of the reasons that spiritual, that spirituality may be seen as like flaky or just love and light bunnies or whatever is because maybe it was presented that way back then um more as an escape
0: yeah if people are like totally. hijacking it and making it
1: that <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> but yeah it's really like it's so important to figure out what uh, i love that you say that like in each moment observe what observe and make a choice based in love and to just experiment and just see how that feels and it's not going to be an overnight change but as you go along you're going to look back and be like oh my god I'm a completely different person than I was six months ago or a year ago or what have you and I think that is one of the biggest keys and one of the biggest takeaways I think from this entire conversation is to you know stay in your heart resonance and stay in that love frequency and you cannot go wrong.
0: Like I would wake up every single day and I would go on Insight Timer and I would look up meditation specific to love or to connecting to the heart. And like, I would do that every day. Okay, so like one more thing about the psychedelics, I had a different experience at the beginning of this year with 5 mm. meo which yes. um, is toad medicine that comes from people, very toad, and which was completely different, like night and day, yeah. literally from I also like I I mean, I know that not everyone's experience is the same with any kind of psychedelics. And also I would like to say we discussed this when we mentioned that we would maybe talk about psychedelics, mm-hmm. but they're not for everyone. And I highly recommend that anybody who is intrigued by this go into it with full intentionality with full reverence for these plants as being, as you said, specific technologies for facilitating our evolution as a being and to expanding our consciousness, because I don't think that these should be used recreationally no. like at a party, I mean you might take away some kind of benefit from that but by interacting it with the respect that it deserves, mm-hmm. medicines are ancient like, that's the respect that they need, and I think yeah, absolutely, like Respecting them hundred percent and understanding too that like mental health, like prerequisites need to be taken. And I fully recommend like reading as much material as you can on the subject matter that or you know, whatever substance that you're particularly dealing with.
1: And have them. a buddy that you trust. But, so <laughs> I don't do it alone. Absolutely. And
0: uh, yeah, yeah, definitely have a buddy if you can yes. do it in a ceremonial context. I think. The the most ideal, especially working with practitioners who have a lot of experience. I know with mushrooms it can be a little bit different, but with more um, more intense medicines like ayahuasca and brew, I think that being with like some kind of person who is a sh- like shamanic worker or along those lines that can facilitate and be kind of a walker in both worlds can be someone who can really facilitate what you mm-hmm. need in that scenario. Thank you. So, so to say that and then so my experience with it was like I thought maybe that it was gonna leave me with a very similar feeling about like the ayahuasca did because I came away from the feeling like um euphoric and highly connected and like in a very positive place. I was very creatively inspired and I just felt like I was given a lot of wisdom that I could apply to my own life and then hopefully share with others because I was mm-hmm. also teaching yoga at the time. Um, and just trying to share as much as I possibly could but so then it kind of I was I'm also a musician and so at the time throughout the year I kind of like maybe four or five months after I kind of I started playing music more and getting more involved with like music here in Cleveland and I felt like a lot of it was so superficial so egotistical so about the image and I just felt like, in a general way, I was brought back into a party scene that I'd worked so hard to remove myself from, even though I wasn't nearly as engaged with Mm -hmm. it as I had been in the past. But ultimately, I just felt like a little bit lost and scattered amongst a bunch of different things that I was trying to do, and so I kind of, I started going into the winter and going into my darkness again, and um, at the end of December, this group was brought to me as a, an option in my life, and so I decided to go and work with it. And the experience itself, like I took away from it, was like I wrote this paper and it was like, Holy love! and it was like this heart exploding because it was literally like I was bathing in this like stream of forever that was just rainbow and it was pouring into me, but like I wasn't even there, it was just like exploding like fireworks of rainbow love. <laughs> it was more love than I can ever <laughs> to anyone in my entire life, but. It was very much like a roller coaster, like where that was like this crescendo. And at the end, it left me completely like just lost. I was very like thick for the next few days. I was dissociated and like I couldn't hmm. really come back into my body. And my boyfriend was extremely supportive through this time. It took me, I was agoraphobic for a few weeks. Yeah. but I didn't want to go out and do anything. I just really felt like, because now it's been almost, it's been 11 months of that experience, and it's taken me a long time to integrate what happened, but that's, I mean, I think this it is like four to five times more powerful than ayahuasca. And so like, I didn't really realize the magnitude mm-hmm. of what I was getting into by experiencing it. Um, but I do feel like it served me really well, because ultimately I feel like what it was doing was breaking me down to like, the barest bones of what I could be, quote, unquote, I could be, like, as a spirit, as a body, as an individual in the world. And so, really, like, facilitated this space over the next few months, because again, thinking my boyfriend was supporting me and for me a couple months before that to quit my jobs and, like, just take the winter to be Mm -hmm. in myself and take the space that I needed and explore. And so I had a few more months working up the kind of when I was blooming back out in the world. So when spring came, I was given all these different opportunities, like I may have um, this wonderful person who's the only other person I've met here in Cleveland who works with ayahuasca, and he's opening this wellness center here that I now am like very much a part of because I was just gonna be the yoga instructor, and now I'm kind of gonna be like one of the directors of the space and being able to do uh. healing consultations with people with herbalism and teaching yoga, but it's gonna be an art gallery, and a juice bar, and we're gonna have healing rooms and facilitate all kinds of different workshops in the space. It's like, exactly what we need here. It's everything that exists here. And I was just like, okay, like, that really, really sucked. Everything has sucked for so long, but I feel like I was able to get to this space where I could receive that opportunity and manifest it for myself because I was willing to do all that work and, like, sit in that dark space and just be like, well, yep. I guess this is what it is and I just have to hang out here and just trust that it's going to be okay and hold on to the like the love and that brings me back to doing those meditations every day because I was like I have to remember that at the end of the day I am a being of love and I need to connect to this heart space and whatever that's connecting me to as a higher power is going to help me to integrate this and understand why it is that I'm here as a person and connecting to the natural environment around me Mm -hmm. like that was huge i was like i have to go to nature as much as possible i have to continue working with plants in my own home like as much as possible connecting to love and connecting to the environment which essentially to me you know like god is love and the environment yeah. is god and you know maybe god in that whatever way so like by connecting to source in as many realms as possible was instrumental to my healing and i feel like that's something that anybody can really do in any kind of state, you don't have to necessarily be in that radical of a state of being, but, you know, I, I think that that is highly um, important for people to take away and integrate into their lives, no matter what they're suffering from, because at the end of the day, that is the most healing thing for our, for our spirit, for our
1: body. That's so everything. beautiful, I love all of that, I love where you are, I love the idea, the yoga studio, what's it called, in case anyone is, is curious?
0: It's called Pop Life, so it's not open yet, but it's gonna be open within the next hopefully like four months. We're doing the build out right now, but it's an amazing building. They had this designer from California come and paint it, and it's like this forced perspective, like rainbow building. It just like radiates love from it, and all the people that are involved in the project are super amazing. So, oh, and to touch on too, what you were talking about with people not feeling alone and like especially in their environments, like not being able to connect with other individuals who really understand what they're doing or whatever and they might mm-hmm. feel daunted and continuing on with the work that they need to do. Um knowing that you are anchoring light in the grid of the Earth system, I think was like one of the greatest like reliefs for me because I was like, I feel completely alone. There's not a single person here that understands who I am, what the work I'm doing, like how I perceive the world. And so like I feel like these people at pop life and all the people that are involved in the project are the ones that I was able to manifest and Like that place itself is going to be this like beacon of light. And we would have yeah. a pyramid if we could, but, you know, because like, we want to, you know, like bring that down and anchor that here. But, you know, I think it's really important for anybody who, who really feels like the only connection that they have to any of these realms is through books or through anything that they find online, which thank God for the <laughs> online space because I don't know what I would have been doing like i know i think it's really it, helping
1: but... us to um i mean there's so much negative uh twists that can be taken about it but i actually see it as a positive thing as long as it's used consciously because it is connecting us like there's no other way we would have met there's no other way that i would know a lot of the people that i do um and yeah it feels like that's kind of visual that's come to me is yeah there is the gaia grid there is the grid of the earth that is you know energetic and um that is like you know rising in in vibration and we are part of that and that's sort of the visualization that has come to me is that we are all like points on the grid and that's you know it's not necessarily like a regional connection anymore that we have i mean we we can but like the way it used to be is that you just met people in your community and you like did you know your things there you did your work that way but now we're able to be a global community, you know, each being a point on the grid that's like connecting and everything. It's really beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for everything that you've discussed today. I feel like we could talk about everything for hours and hours. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for sharing everything today. I, I can't wait to get this out. And uh, where can people find you online to connect with you?
0: Yeah. So right now I pretty much just only have my Instagram. I'm working on building a website. um, So that should be up within the next month or two that people can find that in my Instagram, but my Instagram name is just Tabitha Suzette. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where I write. I post a lot of, well, I haven't been posting as frequently lately, but um, when I do, I post poems and just other little like ideas that come through that I feel like are pertinent to the collective and try to be, um sharing as much of my vision definitely with i love your content and you
1: always post a lot of like great nature stories which is like exactly what i want whenever i'm looking through stories you post the most like beautiful sensual like aspects of nature and it like puts me back in that you know place of love so thank you so much I hope you've enjoyed this transmission of the Liberate Yourself podcast. To get in touch with Tabitha, you can find her on Instagram at Tabitha Suzette. That's S-U-Z-E-T-T-E. And a link to her account will, of course, be in the show notes at TristaDedman.com, which is T-R-I-S-T-A-D-E-D-M-O-N. Remember to visit Patreon.com slash Liberate Yourself to find out more about becoming a supporter of the podcast. And until next time, take care out there, guys.